You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. This episode is brought to you by eLiquid. For 20% off your first purchase, visit eliquid.com slash madcast and use the promo code madcast during checkout. Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from being depressed to hashtag blessed. With over 4 million downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. It's the rear admiral of Tangents, Ron Babcock. Thank you, Maddox. And special guest this week, Kurt Wilcox. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back. Thank you. To the show. Guys, amazing show this week. This is a show, this is a debate we're going to do this week that we haven't done very much on the show, especially lately. We're going to get a little bit political. That's right. Especially because the elections are coming up. The midterm elections in the United States. Now, I know that we have a lot of international listeners. I know we have people who listen to us in Europe and... Well, who cares? American politics is the only politics that matters. Hey, there you go. Whoops. (laughs) I should also introduce our guest this week, Kirk Wilcox. Welcome back to the show. Kirk is a comedian... Yes. Writer. YouTuber. YouTuber, that's right, yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah, really funny guy. Uh, and you write, you're a satirist. You write a lot of satire. Yes, I do uh, Carnegie Times, which uh, I need to update again. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly on YouTube, and I uh, make memes on Twitter. I do stand-up. I do it all. That's right. And I, I got to say, I think a few of your articles have gone viral, haven't they? For, a few of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, And where can people find that? CarnegieTimes.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, slash Kirk Wilcox. Go to YouTube, slash Kirk Wilcox. Yeah. Kirk Wilcox. Yeah, it's great. It's great, it's great stuff. And Kirk, I'm all over on... the place. I'm in the nightmares of children. Uh, I do it all. You've been on a few times on the show. I believe we deputized you as a moderator at one point. Was I? You're a deputy moderator. Yeah. I should I should remember everyone's titles, because Dreadmere has also been on a bunch of times. He was on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, man, we got so many voicemails. Oh, we did. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Dreadmere couldn't make it today. He oh. had to work, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, I should he had also to work on his arguments. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh. after, after, he got, after he got lit up this week, man, we got so many voicemails. I'm, I'm actually saving some for the next time he's on the show. Oh, awesome, excellent. Yeah, I'll play a few of them, but like they were lighting him up. <laughs> we got so many, and we also have eLiquid.com back, guys. eLiquid, thank you to our sponsor, eLiquid.com. Madcast is the code. We're going to talk about that a little Deputy bit later. Deputy Vaporator. Yeah, eLiquid.com. I got my little vape, my vape stick over here. It's badass. I'm into, I'm into it. it takes, I don't smell any flavor. You got to get some strawberry or grape oh, you, in it. Oh yeah, you yeah. better check your nose because uh, I got some. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, I was gonna save this. Uh, so I did cook the burgers out of the uh, uh, butcher box. Oh, from butcher box, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I um, Mary, because we're gonna have you over yeah, for burgers, and we were right. able to connect. So that's I, right. we cooked the burgers. I cooked the burgers yeah. for my lady, and the whole. First of all, they were so they were the best burger I ever made. Really? Barda. And she kept looking at me while she was eating. She's like, this is a really good burger. And yeah. then she's like, take another bite. She's like, this is a really good burger. So, like, the burger, I got to uh-huh. work my way through the other meat. Yeah, yeah. But the burger so far was really, really good, good meat. I, and I did the, I did, <laughs> we're doing this, like, random uh, random plug in the middle of this episode. But I did I did cook the sirloin tips. Oh, how they showed out. Oh, fantastic. I used, I, I made kind of a, a ponzu sauce. So- I used ponzu sauce as a base, along with some other like Korean. It's not soy sauce, but kind of similar. And when you cook it down with the the fat from the meat, it uh, simmers and it creates kind of like this, uh, almost like a gravy mm-hmm. for the meat. Yeah. And you, you just do some uh, fresh 
fresh uh, cracked pepper in there. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, the thing is, I like a lot cooking a lot of my burgers. I prefer to cook on the stovetop rather than on the grill, only because I'm not good at cooking on the grill. And most people who use a grill don't know what the fuck they're doing. But I'm really good on stovetop. So I always like cooking on a stovetop, like hamburgers there, because I feel like I can control it way better. When you cook it on a grill, most people just overcook it, and they're just using some shitty, like, you yes. know, fucking frozen, and you're like, oh, here's a burger. And you're like, no, this is, like, all I taste is ketchup and mayonnaise and lettuce anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah, people are people are shit at the grill. You have to be a grill master like me. I'm a good grill master. See, yeah, I, I, I definitely, like, I just feel like to grill, to get good at it, there's a lot of, like, infrastructure you got to, like, fired up there's a lot of like you i feel like you have to know are you propane or charcoal we we just have a charcoal grill <laughs> yeah are you propane or con pain um i <laughs> yeah, I, I, that one. Um, <laughs> I i'll tell you what the trick is okay this is just i know we're going on this like crazy tangent here hey. the tangent the rear admiral Hello. tangents does not disappoint um, I'll tell you what the trick is with grilling. Uh, Kirk, are you a grill grill? No, boy? not at all. You don't grill I'm at all. A slow okay. cooker. Here's the here's the trick. Here's the trick. If you the thicker the meat, the lower the heat. That's all it is. Mm. If you got a big thick burger or a steak or drumsticks, every fucking idiot when they try to cook drumsticks at a party, you go there and you bite into it, and you're gonna get blood in the, in yeah. the center because they don't cook it right. It's low heat. For the thicker meat, so you don't burn the outside. And yeah, like, they'll burn the outside. They'll take it off, and, and they'll then think the it's done. So rare. Yeah. yeah, and inside's just raw because you, you can singe the outside. You know, it's like getting your hand burnt. For just because you burn your hand, you don't cook your like. For meat. how many? How many like crazy people are about meat? Like I gotta fucking eat some meat, bro. Like yeah, yeah. those dudes. It's yeah. like nobody knows how to fucking cook it correctly. Yeah, we overcook chicken. My God, this time. this country does not know how to does do not chicken. Know. You go to Cuba if you want your chicken done right. But isn't isn't poultry a little risky though? Like the food Kind of as long as you get it to one sixty five, you're fine. Just people don't like like nobody owns a food thermometer. Guys, you got me riled up. I this yeah. is the shit I get riled up. Well, about. we're gonna talk. We'll talk a little bit more about food in, in a bit because I want to talk about food. Uh, it's always a, Thanksgiving's it's always a coming up. That is Thanksgiving is coming up. But you know what else is coming up? The elections, which leads us to our debate oh, this excellent. week, which is. How do we fix our political system? That's the debate this week, guys. It's a big topic. It's something we haven't really tackled on the show. We haven't had a lot of politics or a lot of political... Well, it's like the, the first thing that just divides people and makes people angry. So we don't usually talk about like the specifics, but we're talking about the wider scope of it today. Well, yeah, yeah. We're not picking like political parties here. I mean, you could if you think that's the way to fix our political system is to just say one side I'm gets like, out. Like we're talking about the infrastructure of politics. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, normally we would do we would introduce everyone's buzzers this week, but our soundboard is down. We just have this one for me, which means I will be buzzing the shit out of you, you need guys. You get some Apple products in here. Yeah, it's <laughs> not it's not <laughs> fucking it's not that Kurt. <laughs> All right. Seems like it's kind of that, but you okay. Know, Real, real thin ice with that promotion there, Kirk. We might have to demote you back down to just guest. Um, <laughs> but we should talk about the debate this week. Kirk, as our guest this week, I'm going to give you first stab at the debate. What do you think could fix our political system? It's funny because I, uh, I, someone sent me a chart the other day. It was a map of the United States, and it counted all the electoral votes in 2016 if you counted uh, everyone that didn't vote. And it showed in a landslide, in a landslide, that nobody would have won. No, there, there just wouldn't have been a president. And I think that's what we need. Like, if nobody, if the nobody vote is the most popular vote, we should just not have a president. If okay. no, I'm, I'm, well, I'm joking. Okay, no, but seriously, we need. But um, you're saying that the the more people don't vote than did vote. So really, the majority, the majority, vote. the majority yes. rules had nothing to say. 
Yeah, so okay. we should just not have a president for four years. I mean... Uh, I'm joking. Okay, so two years ago, do you remember two years ago? I mean, we when, could try it for six months. Very uh, open-minded, Ron. Two years ago, someone wrote into Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs. You guys know who Mike uh -huh, Rowe is. Yeah. Someone wrote into Mike Rowe asking Mike Rowe, "Hey, Mike Rowe, you have this this huge audience, this devoted following, and you should encourage them to vote. You should encourage them to vote in 2016. Make sure your audience has their voice heard, and you should you should you know encourage them to participate in democracy." And I don't know if you guys saw Mike Rowe's response. It went a little viral, but he said. No, I'm not going to encourage my audience to vote. You know, th this country is full of people who believe in shit like conspiracy theories. People think the earth is flat. People, oh. the anti-vaxxer movement is getting big. Uh, people, and not on top of that, a lot of people don't understand history. They don't yeah. know anything about the Constitution. Why do oh, I want boy. these people being heard and represented? In Why do I want these people choosing political leaders? Oh, my God. So, but he went on to say... If anything, we should be encouraging people to read more, to educate themselves. He even pimped a book that I really like called Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt, which you can find for free. Google Economics in One Lesson by Henry you, Hazlitt. You could probably find it for free at the library, too. Yeah. That's a shit wow. tip. Veto that. I'm going to strike it. Okay. I'm going to edit that out of the episode. No free books at the library. I mean, Go fucking are, buy your free books. books. Anyway, so the the history of economics. Now, this is interesting. Uh, you, did you did you have more to your point? Oh you yeah, I have more to my point. My overall point is, you know, we uh, there there are a lot of good signs <laughs> yeah, in the culture. Kurt, do, do you have uh, more to your point before I take a huge shit on it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what you're, that's... Oh, I'm backed up here. I got to take a dump <laughs> on your argument, Kirk. You know, it, we can talk all about uh, all day about the infrastructure, about you know voting rights, you know how many uh, representatives we should have in this branch of Congress. But really, politics is downstream from the culture, which is downstream from the prevalent ideas and attitudes within a society. And if you want to make politics better, you got to fix the culture and you got to isolate the the political ideas that are producing pieces of crap like Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. See, I'm shitting on all sides of the political argument. You really got to change the culture and change the way people think. And I think if you want to make politics better, if you want a better government, you need to change the way people think. And we, uh, Steven Pinker actually published a book a few months ago called uh, Enlightenment Now, where he talks about it's actually a pretty positive book. He talks about despite all of the gloom and doom that you hear from politicians and the media, things are a lot of things are better than ever. Uh, violent crime is lower than ever. Poverty is lower than ever. We have all this amazing technology, and it's all a result of enlightenment values, of reason, of science, of humanism. And uh, he also points out that over the last few decades, I would say even longer, that these enlightenment values have been under attack from organized religion, from the the shit state of humanities in American academia, like postmodernism and existentialism and political correctness, and all of these anti-enlightenment values that are undermining science and reason and reality. And I think that's what we really need to do. We need to encourage people to think for themselves, embrace reason. I mean, look at how many people uh, just eat themselves into obesity. We're just talking about eating. People don't take care of themselves. They don't think long term. They don't. They don't really plan for retirement. They, they spend money they don't have. Look at all these people who borrowed hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college without thinking about what they want to do, what they want to be, what they want to study. But it's like, oh, just go get a college degree and it'll work out. All no. right. All right, Kirk. You just, that's, My whole you point me. is, if you have an irrational <laughs> culture, you're going to get irrational politicians. Okay. You you had me for most of that. And then right at the end, you started walking on the thin, the thin edge of the plank there. And I was like, oh, he's wobbling. He's wobbling. And then you fell off. <laughs>
done. Okay. Well, I mean, do you disagree with anything he just said? The the thesis I agree with, which is you got to fix culture. That, yes. And by the way, that that uh, who'd you quote the Tom Stephen Pinker? No, no. Before the the uh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. So Mike Rowe's argument for not voting is just like I think I believe it's Socrates who made an anti-democracy argument which changed my life like it changed my mind I, I actually don't think that democracy is necessarily always a good thing or the best system and the reason is is because Socrates said look if you're on a ship and you're going towards you know a destination you should you shouldn't consult the cooks and the guys uh, you know mopping the decks and the robot the guys rowing the boat on which direction the boat should go in it shouldn't be a democracy you should leave it up to the captain and maybe his first mate to decide how to navigate the ship because they're learned men and they know what they're doing but you shouldn't you shouldn't consult some idiot who has no fucking idea about navigation on, on where to steer the ship. And that's why he made the case that democracy is not always a good thing. And that well, sounds like Mike Rowe's argument. You know how Socrates died, right? Hemlock, Hemlock right? right? Well, the, the, the democracy voted him to death. Yeah. Democracy, <laughs> the, well, he wasn't wrong. Democracy was kind of this shit system that killed him. I no, mean, I think uh, democracy is a good defense mechanism if you have uh, irresponsible politicians and uh, dictatorial leaders. Then, yeah, you can go vote them out and get better leaders in. I think that's to the extent guy, which democracy is You guys is are good. talking about this in such a wonderfully large way. I'm going to talk about it in an actual, actionable thing that we can do that will improve our political system today. And it is something that I think Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians will all be on board with. Okay? So here's an actual thing that we can do. Rather okay. than talking about like, oh, all the speaking these grandiose statements. No reporting of exit polls until the polls close. Okay, well, Ron, I don't know if no. I did one Wait of those or one of these. Uh, so right now, we they do exit polls yeah. and they report on them before the polls close. We have a country that's full of different time zones, so you will learn about the results in Pennsylvania and Florida before the polls close in California. That colors the outcome because if people think, "Oh, well, we already won. I'm not going to. I don't have to go out and vote." You know, they already like my my candidate already won. It's stupid to report on the outcome of an election when the election hasn't even finished. So you can collect your exit poll data, you can do all that, but you can't report it on it until all the polls close in every fifty states. So yeah, and that's what it caused this in. That's when they called Florida in a recent election between uh, Bush and Gore, and then they reneged on it. We shouldn't just allow people to call states until the polls close. Look, if people are going to be apathetic based on what they see on exit polls, and they deserve whatever government comes to them, and this gets back to my overall point. If people really want to prioritize politics and stand up for what they believe in, then they shouldn't be swayed by whether or not there's an exit but poll report on people are swayed. Well, so there's a whole argument of yeah, what should be or not should be. You shouldn't report on the election until it's done. Okay, I'll tell but you, why I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why I, I don't buy that. Uh, like, it's, the, the, uh, in theory, it's what not like you, a, What could you possibly argue in favor of reporting on before it's done. Yeah, I'll tell what, you. What, what is, what's the positive? What's the outcome? What's well, it's the not benefit? necessarily positive. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. Because let's say <laughs> let's say that that uh, they start polling that on the East Coast, right, that uh, conservatives are really winning, right? So then that has the effect of conservatives all across the nation not going out to vote, so liberals will go out there and vote even harder, or vice versa. So if liberals start, they start saying, oh, liberals are winning in a landslide, that's going to uh, embolden conservatives to go out and vote. So it's kind of going to be a wash, if, if, whether they report it or not, don't you think? 
No! That's exactly <laughs> what I don't think. Literally everything I just said was the opposite of that. Well, I think I'm right. So <laughs> <laughs> I um I have I mean I have a bunch of ideas on how to fix things, but I'll tell you the thing that I think here's the biggest one. Yeah. This is the one and this, this is the one that's not gonna happen, but this is the one that pisses me off is that when people first of all, like what, fifty one percent of America votes, maybe, maybe yeah, we're fifty. I mean that's in presidential well, elections, yeah, usually presidential. in midterms. I know this midterms is expected Different, a huge yeah, turnout. But, but here's the problem is that the problem with this is that the presidential winner will all of a sudden be like, oh, oh, I won. I won. Like, even if they win 51% of the people who voted, they treat that as some big fucking mandate. Like, America voted for me. Yeah. It's like, no, first of all, no. A lot of people, they just vote for you because they hate both people. Yeah. But they, they hate you a little bit less. A little bit less. Woodrow Wilson thought the duty of the president was to enact the will of the people, the will of the populace. And the yes. first election he won, he won largely because Teddy Roosevelt jumped in and split the conservative vote. And, and Woodrow Wilson ended up winning in That's why we need two things. One, in addition to having the candidates that you're going to vote for, you have to have the option to vote for no one. You have an option where you can exercise your right to vote, but you have a choice. They say, I'm not choosing any of these I mean, bitches. you can already so do they, that. Yeah. You just go to the ballots and, and skip the, you know, the Senate or the gubernational one and just vote on the proposals. But and that's your more, way of saying... It's, it, if you had the ability to vote for no one, you would get more people out to vote. Well, you, I, I mean, yeah, but what, what's, what's the difference what between just not voting? Is that you have, because you have a choice that people who do want to vote, because they think, no, right now they, they chalk it up to apathy. And people are being apathetic. You're like, well, people just don't come out and vote. They just don't come out. No, they are coming out and voting. They're just not voting for anything that you're saying. I think that uh, I think that the the system that uh, the voting system that seems to work in other countries is that you vote for all the candidates you want in office, and the one with the most number of votes oh, just ranked, wins. Ranked choice ranked, voting. Yeah, ranked choice voting. That is the fucking best system in the yeah. world because it's ranked choice voting is when you're not only voting for the person you want, but you're, you're basically voting for like a second and a third place too. And what that does is it has a nice calming effect on elections because when you're going out campaigning for votes, you don't get pushed so much to the extreme because you're still campaigning not just for to get number one votes, but you still want to get that number two vote. Yes. And it, I, th- I think that that actually is... I think design people don't vote. It's it, yes, part of it is apathy, but really, I think at its core, it's a design flaw in our voting system. And I actually think ranked choice voting is the one thing that can actually really fix that that design flaw. Would you say that's your number one suggestion for how to fix the political? Fuck system? yeah, let's ranked, do it. Okay, ranked choice voting, and Kirk has fixed the culture. Now I yes. got, I got, uh, I got, I got the answer. I think I got. The we need answer. a philosophical revolution, but go on. Yes. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, just a fundamental switch that we could have in our culture, which is related to yours, but it's one, it's like a, it's a tangible one, right? It's a very simple one. All right. Yeah, I'm all about this tangible shit. Yeah. Come on. Just get rid of labels. All political labels. We stop, we stop calling them, you know, ourselves. First of all, we stop identifying, we stop registering as Republicans or Democrats, and we stop having candidates run under certain party platforms by law they cannot identify as a platform as a as a party that forces people to start listening to their actual positions and seeing if they agree with the values of the of the positions they're promoting it's promoting. like uh, when people want to get rid of uh, straight ticket voting 
You know, when people yeah. come in instead of voting, yeah. like going through and actually doing the work, they're right. just like just Republican or just Democrat. There you go. It's yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot to be said. Well, for I that. think this goes back to what I say. People don't really want to put much thought into politics, and they just want to go with whatever their tribe says, whether exactly. it's Democrat or Republican. Well, but speaking, like, what's the state of today's politics? We just had Donald Trump come out as a nationalist. He's trying to push the Republican Party toward nationalism. Meanwhile, you have the Democrats moving towards socialism with Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. What really is the big difference between socialism and nationalism? They both uh, say prioritize the collective over the individual and that the individual should sacrifice their interests for the sake of the greater good, whether that be the nation or society or whatever the arbitrary group is. Huh. That's actually a really cogent point. I think that's uh, I hadn't really thought about that. But nationalism and communism or socialism, socialism. are very, very similar. They're almost yeah. like two sides of the same coin, if you think about it, because, yeah, it is it is prioritizing the collective over the individual. You think like the both the left and the right, I think would agree on this. Like you always hear this uh, concept by American, by American. Why? So, so, so we could help stimulate the local economy, but why? So by American, if I'm choosing between consoles, like the Xbox, the PlayStation and the Nintendo, I got to choose the Xbox why? So some programmer in Washington state can keep his job. <laughs> Fuck him. I want to play Mario Kart. <laughs> Good point. And you Kurt- know, I'm I'm glad that Kurt is he's making like the points that other people would be afraid to make. Yeah, yeah, the uh, I the, ain't the scared bold- the bold Mario Kart uh, argument. <laughs> we got a super chat from Apostolos Constantino uh, for two euros. Says Plato hated democracy. Try reading the Republic. Yeah, okay. He like, did. I can read. By the- but bring it back. So <laughs> the- Wait, I want to comment on the Republic okay. real quick because I was at a bookstore uh, not too long ago. And every now and then I'll go into the humor section to see what books there are. By the way, humor is the smallest section of any bookstore. You should check it out at the library. It's pretty big. You know what, you know what fucking is it? And I will not. But humor is always I, – I remember um, I went to France a long time ago, and I met this guy, and I gave him a copy of one of my books. And he said, oh, wow, you know, it's really, uh, it's really interesting to, re- to meet a humor writer because he said all the humor books in the world can be fit on one shelf. I'm like, what? How's that possible? Because you always think it's such a big genre. I, he's right. You go to a bookstore, it's, mo- it's really just like one big shelf of humor books, and then the rest are kind of like toilet books that uh, – you know, that are also kind of lumped in with humor and, like, uh, you know, crossword puzzles and things like that. <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's right. Humor, nobody writes humor. So I, I was looking for a funny book. The reason I mentioned this with uh, regards to Plato's Republic is I went to um, the humor section and nothing was funny. I was just, like, picking these books up and, you know, kind of going through all the stuff and nothing was making me laugh. Then I picked up Plato's Republic, and it is so fucking funny. Really? Like, oh, my gosh. It, it, Plato is so fucking clever in this it, 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 like he's setting up jokes that he starts, and then three pages later, you get the setup. Like he, the setup uh, pays off. Like three pages later, because he'll go in there and he's so cleverly insulting the republic. He's going in there and saying things like, "I am so honored to be here today amongst such." prestiged men and then you think wow he's really flattering them it's like you guys are so wise you always make good decisions i you clearly the city's running very smoothly i'm very proud to be in this republic and no other sign of your intelligence than by taking counsel with me and so <laughs> so you realize like he's just fucking with them and <laughs> that's why they, they fucking trolling with them the whole yeah, time yeah he's just such an asshole to them and he's so much more clever than they are and it's so fucking funny because by the time you realize like oh he's trolling them well I, it, <laughs> well plato his whole philosophy laid the grounds for authoritarianism that's what the republic was he thought that men were too evil or too stupid or and or too irresponsible to be trusted to live free and they need to be ruled by philosopher kings well okay then that's that kind of contradicts your your assumption no, it, that it, we shouldn't have democracy 
No, or democracy no, is we not should have a constitutional a republic based on individual rights where uh, leaders are democratically elected as a, uh, a again, a, a defense mechanism against tyranny. So if there is a, a ruler that's becoming too tyrannical, we can just vote him out. And we but, should use ranked choice voting but yeah, to do de- it. Democracy is not an ideal because what if 55 percent of the people decide that uh, the First Amendment should be uh, deleted from the Constitution? Yeah. What if 55 percent of the people want to bring back slavery? Well, don't we need a, a larger like to amend the Constitution? Isn't something like crazy? Like 80? Yes. Type, it's like and it has to be ratified in all 50 states <laughs> or apparently to- just executive order from Trump to just <laughs> yeah. strike the 14th Amendment. Just, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, no, but the, going back to my point about that, the whole Buy American thing, you're seeing it uh, manifest itself on the political stage when Donald Trump wants to impose tariffs to encourage people to buy American uh, for the sake of preserving American jobs. Even though there's countless data, the history of economics says when you impose tariffs, it does the exact opposite of create and preserve domestic jobs. You're just making everything more expensive and hurting the economy. But Trump doesn't care, not to mention it contradicts his whole stance that tax cuts are good for the economy because tariffs are. Uh, an extra tax, but he doesn't care because he's not thinking, and that's what you get when you have an irrational well, culture. You, you get we have a like like you touched on this before. We have a very short term outlook on life. Our whole culture it's very yeah. instant gratification, and we don't we don't invest in our in ourselves in our country. Like we don't want to put a tax to, to fix our roads now because it costs money. Like it, it's always like you know if you do the things now, it pays off later, and we're not good at that. We're totally not good at that. We don't know how to invest in ourselves and in our country to be paid off down the road. We're yeah, just, people are very short-sighted. With it is, it, and, and our leaders are very short-sighted because right. it's part, part of it is because they have to preserve their jobs. And it's difficult right. to have a long-term like payoff when if I don't see results in four years or however long your term is, I'm going to vote you out. Exactly. And it, it's really hard to have that long-term outlook. Well, so I have another suggestion for how to fix our political system. So the first one is get, getting rid of labels because everyone identifies as like a sports I kind of like that one. It's... I, yeah, getting I, I, I like it encourages yeah. people. I mean, I don't know if I'd agree with this, but yeah, the the labels and the parties it encourages people to not think and just bli- blindly go along. Right. But the, I feel like it's group. almost impossible. You get rid of labels, and I feel like people will coalesce around a label. Like you know, it's just natural for people to gravitate towards ideas that they like. Okay, if that's the case, and that may be the case, I have another suggestion. Okay, so whatever the popular parties are in the country, by say you know you have at least a ten percent margin, by law. They should have every branch of government have a a certain number of people representing that party so that we no longer have to dump money into pushing a political candidate or political ideology to be represented because in the legislative – well, this this only works in legislative and judicial. It can't be executive, obviously, but you it can to an extent because the cabinet wait, members. Wait, what are you saying? So so here, let's say let's say right now, just for the sake of argument, America is split into fifty percent conservative, fifty percent liberal. So you say by law, Senate has to be 50-50 for conservatives and liberal. The legis- the judicial has to be fifty fifty conservative judges and, and liberal judges, and the president's cabinet, the executive cabinet has to be 50-50 liberals and conservatives. Well, why do we have this this false economy of only two choices? What what if the what if both that's liberals I said, like, and conservatives are bad? Well, that's what I said like you you have every po- political party that has more than Wait, a So what do they take a test to find out if you're conservative or liberal? That, well then then they they would identify Don't, as isn't conservative. This, isn't liberal. just voting? Isn't this why we have voting? Doesn't voting do, do this? No, because what's happening and here's what here's the problem with our current voting system and this is what's, what why everything's kind of fucked right now. Gerrymandering and they're putting things they're they're doing things like putting their thumbs on the scale. The electoral college is fucking with our voting as well. The electoral college is just 
there, and it's never going to go away because it's there just to give smaller states bigger power. If the Electoral College was necessary, no one can, can uh, defeat this argument. If the Electoral College was necessary for presidential elections, then why isn't – why don't we have Electoral Colleges for go- uh, governor uh, elections or Senate elections or any other type of election? It's bullshit. We don't need it. It was well, it's an archaic the, the thing. presidency is the one thing that the entire country has to vote on. When you're voting for Congress, you're just voting for your particular district. And when you're voting for a Senate, you're actually not supposed to vote for Senate. You know, the 17th Amendment changed all that, right? No. The, it used to be that the state legislatures uh, chose uh, the senators because the senators were meant to represent the states, whereas uh, the, the Congress people were meant to me, meant to represent the people. And so it was kind of that dual balance where people would have to be more engaged in their state governments so that they would elect senators and the senators were supposed to represent the states, not the people. I, I think if, if you win the popular vote. Uh, you should just get five bonus electoral votes. <laughs> it's like an achievement unlock thing. There you go. That's and not then a bad you just idea. get five uh, yeah. bonus. So that way, because then we know I got to deal with this whole whole bullshit. But you you get the popular vote, you get a little bonus. Well, so so you get all these uh, sour grapes from all across America, where they're like, oh, the big states, the liberal elites in the coast get all the votes. Well, they, they fucking should. California alone is the fifth largest economy in the world. Maybe they should have more of a say on steering our national elections. I thought we were the seventh. Now, yeah, maybe now it's like seven. And it would be number one if we didn't have high taxes and regulations. But I oh, wanna... oh, let's go. Hold on, hold on, Kirk. I, I, I'm super critical of people being critical of how California governs itself because so, they're doing something right. California also has the highest poverty and highest homeless rates. Explain yeah, because that. the weather's Fuck nice. Yeah, we're number one in everything. <laughs> <laughs> because the fucking weather's nice. Yeah, yeah of course, you're going to get more homeless people sleeping on benches here than fucking uh, the Rockies, where it's like <laughs> just snowy and uh, fucking just ice shards going up your ass. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we have beaches and people, it's it's so pleasant in Santa Monica that homeless people don't want to leave. Sorry. Yeah, and a big reason for that is because new housing isn't being built as fast because 40% of building a new house in California requires, uh, the 40% of the cost is jumping through regu- regulatory hoops. Well, that may And be even left-leaning yeah. publications like Huffington Post and others have reported on this. I mean, that's what uh, Prop 10 is about, right? Yeah, Prop yeah. 10. I, I, so there's a proposition in California. This is kind of interesting. For those who are not following us well, nationally or internationally. Control. It's not about lifting regulations. Well, on let, me, let me explain it to you for, for those who don't know. It is about preventing them uh, landlords from raising your rent, right? Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. And so do, are you in favor of that or, or against? I'm ag- it's a clear violation of property rights. I'm against rent control. Against rent control? That's yes. interesting. Okay, so but I think the solution is build more housing. Yeah, but they do, and they just jack they don't up the build prices. Enough of it. Yes, they, no, there's so many house. fucking condos in downtown LA, and the only people buying them are Chinese investors who don't live in them. They're not building enough housing for like middle class normal people. They're only yeah. building housing that they can make money on, you know, which is these high end fucking condos. Yeah. Meanwhile, the state of California is passing these regulations requiring new housing be built with solar panels. That's not lowering the cost of building. Yes, housing. it does lower the cost How? in twenty fucking years. It in lowers 20, the cost over twenty the years. Lifetime. We need new housing now. No, having the people solar who can't panels, afford housing can't wait twenty fucking years. Yeah, first of all, yeah, if you buy a house, you're going to be living in it a long time, and it lowers the cost over the long period. It goes again to the short-sighted, long-sighted thinking. If you have a long-sighted view, it is actually very much cheaper. So if I want to build panels. a new house right now, if, if I want to build a new neighborhood, I have to, I have to spend an extra $50,000 just to put solar panels on that people, lower-class, lower middle-class people aren't as able to afford. But the thing is you have a lot of Americans buying houses that are way too big for them. You have, we have a, a, a society that's built on overconsumption, 
Right. And the mortgages, they're biting off way more than they can chew. And I, and I always, I always say this and it always riles people up, but it's like, yeah, I think we should be consuming less and I think it would make us happier. So yeah, I do think that I totally agree with that solar panel law because it takes a lot of the pressure off. Our Even if it raises the cost of building new housing, absolutely, because it lowers this is the why cost. We have of, a homeless problem. It, lo- it raises the cost. No, yeah, oh, oh, the homeless people. That guy was gonna buy a house, but then he couldn't put solar panels on it. So yeah, now and now there's a shortage of housing and rents there's are going no up. There's no shortage of housing. There's no shortage oh of housing. Oh my god, yes, there, there is. There is a shortage of housing. It's just there's a there's a shortage of the right kind of housing. You the do right have you do have housing housing. available, but you don't have housing for lower income. Income and, and middle class, because and partially because it, it, we're letting people build whatever the fuck they want to build, and they're not they because they can't make as much money on the middle class housing as they can on selling by building condos and selling to international investors. Well, okay, that's a good point, Kirk. What do you say about that? Because he's he, they are making housing, but they're for high end. Uh, no, consumers. I do agree that there are market forces that that drive up the cost of housing because there's a lot of demand from foreign investors, from foreign billionaires who want to live in nice high rise condos in L.A. But at the same time, there's no new housing being built for lower and middle class people because it's so expensive because of regulatory burdens. I mean, I don't I don't disagree that the regulation in California is, I mean, I worked, used to work for a small business, and so much of my job was dealing with red tape from even the yeah. city of LA, and it was crazy. But and this isn't really a state thing. It's usually you know it's it's exclusive to to Orange County, San Diego County, L.A. County. Uh, this is becoming a even a bigger issue in the Bay Area, where, where and I think a lot of it is because all the Silicon money is coming in, but no new housing is being built for the people who need to move out. Mm, yeah, I mean we are do have we do have a, a, a but what's happening is that we're we're having cities now where there is no place for uh, lower lower class middle class. It's always just going to be like. You have like downtown LA that's just completely turning from being like a city full of different kinds of people to being a city full of a very specific kind of person and income level. That's a good point. And also, I would say this with the housing market that's that's being built, right? If they continue to build high end property for people who can afford those like really high end, uh, you know, why not high build real both? Estate, why not build uh, housing? Because they're not; they're greedy. They want more money. Why would they make? Well, Kirk, come on, be honest. If you had the choice to make. $100,000 or a million dollars. Oh, I choose gonna, a million. Why not both? <laughs> well, because because they're not but they're not. They're they're always going for the bigger markets and trying to make more money, aren't they? Well, yeah, because there's no profit motive when 40% of the cost of building a new house is Listen. jumping through regular. Okay, we need to get back to the overall point. We need the point. buzzer. The point is okay. that I think that there should be no audiences in TV debates. <laughs> well, I no honestly believe Bones. that. that is, I, I'm always about having ideas that make things a little bit better. And you know what would make the whole system a little bit better? Is if when we had our television debates, there was no fucking audience in the room. Because that colors the response of the people watching at home. And I don't know who the fuck is in that audience. I don't know if that's a correct sampling of America. It should just be the moderator and the two people running for president or well, the multiple people running for president. Okay, I want, but I want to ask you, like, if you have um, – you you're worried about them coloring the vote, but it could color the vote for or against either party, right? Yes, but you end up having – instead of responding to actual issues, you end up uh, – People are encouraged to have these like kind of zinger lines. Yeah. Then that's what the headline is about. So it's not about the ideas. It's not about dealing with problems. It's all about how it's like, oh, and then she said, you know, it's like a, it, it's all about fucking nothing. It's about a, a, a good zinger. And that's what the whole reporting is about. It's about, a, it's about fucking stupidness. It's about dumb. It's about, 
It's about, but, but it's there, nothing. But I mean, how do you? So how do you legislate that? Are you literally just you saying just, you cannot no. say you cannot report on the numbers? No, no, no. I'm just saying that when CNN has their big presidential debate, yeah, there's no audience. The audience is at home watching it. They're not in the room. Oh, I see. Well, they do tell the audience not to cheer. Or... But they fucking do. Yeah, they, they fucking do. do. And it colors everything. Because if you just have it be on ideas, so you can't go after those big laugh lines. And then it's like, oh, shit, she just owned him. It's like, you know, this is a, supposed to be a debate about ideas and issues, not a fucking your, mo- your mama joke contest. We're rocketing face first into idiocracy here. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to bring it back to philosophy. So Plato was brought up. Uh, that's how we got America was. It wasn't because of Plato. It was because the, of the rebirth of Aristotle and the Renaissance and the thinkers during the Enlightenment, like John Locke, Thomas Paine, Adam Smith, Francis Bacon, that built on the Aristotelian foundation that was pro-reason, pro-this reality, this one reality, the scientific method, uh, Isaac Newton, the rebirth of science, the moving away of religion. That's, that's what really inspired and influenced the Founding Fathers, and that's how we got the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. What happened? after that was it started with Immanuel Kant in Germany was he started an anti-enlightenment movement in Germany where he eroded he wanted to destroy reason to, to preserve faith so that he could save religion because he noticed that the enlightenment was causing people to abandon religion it, it wasn't like overnight it was a, a slow turn and I and people built on Immanuel Kant's attacks on reason on his crappy epistemology on his anti-happiness pro-duty to some whatever uh, epistemology which is what, where, what inspired people like George Hegel and Karl Marx and Nietzsche. And what did we get in Germany and Europe as a result of this anti-enlightenment German philosophy in the 19th century? Okay. We got two world wars. We got concentration camps. We got communism. Yeah, no, we got Nazism. No, okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. Jordan Peterson. We were this fucking- is Jordan <laughs> Peterson. Oh, do not insult me by calling me Jordan Peterson. Fuck this you. This is what happens. Every t- every I am time not I watch- Jordan Peterson. Every time I watch it, well, I, I, I'm not saying in philosophy, but in the way that I agree with like two-thirds of what Jordan Peterson says, and then right at the end, <laughs> yeah, he fucking sorry. takes off the runway. It's like, oh, my Wait. God. Why are you saying this, Jordan? Stop it. Uh, here's here's what's going on, Kirk. Here, Look, you're, you make so much sense, and you're so good with what you're, with what you're saying, and I'm like, totally totally on board with it up Very until speaker i like up, it up until you just take that that same concept and uh, you you take that same same concept and then you extrapolate it to to uh, address something that's way more complex than just one philosophy. Like for example, the World War One and World War Two. World War One yeah. and World War Two had so many. Germany things going was on. ripe for an authoritarian dictator to take over because their culture was ta- was essentially taught over a century that reason uh, that that that, re- that exploring reality is impossible, knowing reality is impossible. What's true for you might not be true for me. You should just embrace your emotions and and serve. Whatever collective, whether it be the proletariat with Marx or duty with Hegel, and the, it manifested itself in the form of the Nazis. But it doesn't matter because even if you go back in time and kill baby Hitler, some di- dictator would have taken over Germany anyway. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, but that what that had nothing to do with the philosophy of the time. It had more. Yes, it does. Okay, it maybe a little bit, but it had way more to do with the fact that they were a beaten and defeated people who were feeling bad about themselves because everybody was shitting on them after World War One. And so Hitler came along and gave them hope, and they said, "You know what, guys? Yeah, we were defeated, but it wasn't our fault. You know exactly. whose fault it's it was? Someone else's fault. It was the Juden. And then that's yes. when that's when they that that's that he used he used that as a convenient tool to try to. Push his agenda into the into the public, and they and the German people were very ripe 
for being manipulated like that. Yeah, that's a classical wants- tactic. It's always someone else's the fault. With Trump, is- with Trump, it's the immigrants and the globalists. With Bernie Sanders, it's the 1% of the corporations. The point it's always is- someone else. It's never your fault. The point is we should not have voting on Tuesdays, but we should have voting on Sundays. <laughs> voting should be on a weekend. I am reversing the tangent to be tangent back on track. There we go. That, okay, Ron. So, but right it. now in America... <laughs> So uh, we need more enlightenment, but right now the dominant thought in America is we have the anti-enlightenment, which was imported to the United States because uh, during the 19th century, America's secondary education system was lagging. So a lot of American students and intellectuals went over to Germany and Europe to study abroad, and they brought all the Kantian, Hegelian, Marxist nonsense, and it's been manifesting itself in American universities ever since uh, in, in the form of postmodernism, existentialism, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. But what's the alternative? The alternative we're presented from the conservatives, from the white right wing, is usually pre-enlightenment. And you see this with these Daily Wire conservatives and Dennis Prager. Michael Knowles of Daily Wire did a speech uh, back in March at Ithaca saying, the way we make America great again is we go back to church. We, we go back to church and we, we embrace faith and we take religion more seriously. We need that old-time religion. That's what the conservatives are offering. It's the anti-enlightenment versus the pre-enlightenment. I'm saying, if we want to fix politics we want a better government we need more enlightenment values of reason science and individualism okay well every time I hear that's that, how you get freedom i know but every time i hear that from from people who are like oh we need more enlightenment values which is you know uh, supposedly pushing science and and, and uh yeah reason there are people who don't like to study science or reason. You, uh, I mean, you don't have to be a scientist. You just have to be pro-reason. You have to be open to, to thinking. And, and I, I honestly think that's kind of a big ask right now, like asking people to be open well, to reason. Well, you're not going to get – and I want to be clear. I don't think this should come from the top down. I want Donald Trump uh, trying to uh, impose enlightenment ideals on the culture, mainly because I don't yeah, think but so, he so understands what are, what are the? How is this like – I mean, I, nobody's going to disagree with people saying – I think we want people to be more reasonable. Like that is a very, like everybody can agree with that. But how does how is that actually done? You you have to just speak up. You have to speak up for you. You have to know what you're fighting for. You have to know what you stand for, and you have to be able to expose and shit on ideas uh, you agree with, while also offering a better alternative. Okay, and again, voting on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, let me let me ask you this, uh, Kirk, because I I think that. This is something that we'll probably disagree on. We could but, also do Saturday. What voting on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday not, or Sunday? Idea. How about yeah. Christmas I mean, to get more people to vote? Everyone has Christmas off. I mean, Let's all vote on Christmas. I just think Christmas. it's a lot easier to do shit on a Saturday or Sunday than it is on a Tuesday. You know. Um, hold on, real quick. We got a super chat from Clifton Taylor. Says F affordable living. Have any? If you have any? If you? Oh, have any of you been to the projects? Okay. Yes, I am from Detroit. Uh, okay, I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, but I've like driven around the project. Gr- yeah, yeah. Fuck you if you grew up in Gross Point Blank. <laughs> that's yeah. a suburb of Royal Detroit. Oak uh, represent. Um, okay, so so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say. We didn't really like I- I entertain this idea too much that we are doing um, that we have representation in every branch of government. What do you think about that? Because if you have, you know, this problem of labels where people are just going to go with their sports team, essentially, that's yeah. what well, it's good is representation of people are voting in communism or theocracy or Sharia law or white nationalists. Yeah, then I guess if you have like a ten percent, oh, yeah, okay, that's a, that that is a problem. Oh, look, I, I, I just I just realized I just realized. Yeah, you okay? You make a good point. That is a but here's 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 what I was gonna okay, propose yeah, to you. I, I do love when Maddox acquiesces to a point. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, about that. It's like, just the best of moment. To, yeah, I, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a problem. Um, 
<laughs> well, uh, let me ask you this, though, Kirk. Do, are you in favor of standardized education, like a national education no. standard? Okay, that's where... You, then how do you push these Enlightenment ideas? Again, I don't think it should come from the government. I, need, I think it needs to come from people like us who need to push good ideas. I don't think it, it can come from the government. Uh... Ayn Rand wrote about this in her book, Philosophy Who Needs It, when someone asked her, what can you do to change the culture? And she's like, look, this isn't going to happen overnight. Even if you have a, you know, a good army of, of intellectual crusaders, it's going to take a lot of work. And it, it just requires you standing up for what you believe in and, and you know, taking whatever audience is available to you, whether See, it's YouTube, whether it's writing a letter to the I mean, editor, I, I, whether it's just talking to friends and, and they say something you disagree with. And even if you just say, hey, I don't agree with that, maybe they'll undercut their confidence to spout that nonsense next time, but you might not change their mind altogether. I, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but it's also like, so the answer is just to kind of speak up. Yeah. How do you think you change people's minds to vote in elections? Wait, do you think the, people are just automatons? No, you, you got it. Like, you are taking for granted that thought is automatic, right? It's a choice. We should just choose to think, but it's yes. not that simple. No, it's not that simple. You have to be taught how to think. Yes. You have to be taught critical thinking. Critical thinking is not automatic. I didn't know how to do critical thinking until I went to college, and I took a class, and my professor said – he explained what critical thinking was, which is you're always asking questions and don't take things for granted and ask for evidence and look for look for things that support. And then be, be critical of the information that people are telling you, even me, as I'm telling it to you. And that's something that was taught to me. And it's not something that just people are going to pick up and then suddenly the enlightenment happens. It's something yeah. that you no, have I, to teach. I, I, I no, think you, you have to push these ideas. You're absolutely right. It's not automatic. And people have to be encouraged I, to think. And I think a lot of people just let life happen to them. They say, well, everything happens for a reason. And my thoughts are determined by the cosmos like some astrology astrological bullshit or it's determined by my genes or my socioeconomic class people no you're right people need to be encouraged to think but i don't think that's going to change by you know changing the voting districts here no, the the way you you change people to think is you just do simple everybody takes an introduction to logic and reasoning class where you learn the basic fallacies and you learn how to the basics of debate yeah and you can actually when you it, it was one of the best classes i ever took in college where it taught you to look at advertisements and it's like what is the fallacy they're committing in this advertisement and yes. it taught me to look through at yes. things in through a critical eye be like oh yeah i guess that is kind of bullshit absolutely you know yeah. and it's like in i and i did not have a vocabulary for any of those things it gave me the ability to call bullshit on something so so Kirk, for democracy to work you have to have an educated populace if you are not educated you are not free because you can't even vote for things that you Unless you know what you're voting for, you can't vote well, for things that that uh, affect your your local politics and the fishing hatcheries and uh, hunting rights and oil and drilling and all these things that learned men and women have to understand before they can make any kind of uh, re uh, uh, meaningful impact on on the decision making in this but country. educated how like what if they're educated in nine eleven conspiracy theories? Well, that's why that's why we have a federal standard. And that's why it's important to have a federal standard because otherwise parents can and will teach them chemtrails and creationism and all this, all this nonsense. That's why you force well, what, kids what, to go what to What if the federal standard is the wrong standard? Well, that's why well, you the, hope as a, as a nation. I mean, you hope. You're, it's not really thinking. Look, okay, uh, Kirk, it might be an 85% chance that you're going to get the right standard in federal government, but it's much higher than fucking private. Guaranteed fucking that. I think it's better than – I mean – I think there's a lot of problems with both public and private education that I don't really want to care to get into right now. But no, I, I think uh, 
I don't think it's the federal government's responsibility. As James Madison pointed out in Federalist 45, the chief role of the federal government is to is for national defense and foreign trade and making sure trade runs smoothly between the states. Everything else is supposed to be left to the states and the cities and the people. No, okay. It's always a fucking... It always comes down to a libertarian. But thing. there's... there's I am not a always libertarian. comes down to a libertarianism. Okay, do not insult me. <laughs> but, but let me ask you this. Like, why should it come down to the state level? Why is the state considered small enough to be... Uh, you know, to self-regulating exactly. because you can always say, "Well, it shouldn't come down to the state level." Yeah. It should come why down is to the, county the state level, level okay? Why? Because, yeah, why is it? Why is it the state the magical yeah, thing state, that's okay for everything? Right. Why but not it's the not country? the nation. It's not the well, county, no. but the state's okay. Yeah. Madison and Hamilton pointed this out that the the reason why you want a federalist system because if a state does something bad, then will no, then it will be isolated in that state. Whereas if a state does something good, other states are likely to follow. But they also came up with that when we weren't so fucking connected. So. We had like one road between states. Yeah, things have changed, man. Listen, we got the internet. I mean, I, I, have I mean, question. do you have anything? I mean, you're just kind of insulting them. You're not. You're not arguing with the idea. What do you think about that idea of federalism? It's like if New York does something right, then other states will follow. If New York fucks up, then no, other states will I, learn that's from that mistake. That's not true. That's not. That's not true. And by, by the way, it's not about right or wrong. It's about what what states need. So legislation that that uh, California passes that makes sense here doesn't fucking uh, fucking make sense in Utah or Montana. Yeah, that's true. Right, so it's not about like setting examples, but there should be like some national standards. I, I think that regulation should should happen in the following way: when you need it, that's it. Nobody passes regulation for fun. If you if you have bonfires on the beach and it's not causing any problems, no one passes regulation. But the second a house catches on fire, they're like, "All right, no more of this." I mean, I, I think, think a that lot of politicians like passing stuff just to say they got uh, stuff done. That you hear Trump say this a lot. Like, they like that's how he criticizes Elizabeth Warren. She never gets anything done. It's like, well, good. I don't want her to get anything done. Uh, we got a super chat from Apostolos Constantino for two euros. Says critical thinking in two words. Question everything. I would agree with that. I want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Eight what eight do you inches. think about people? Um, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I, I had a mental image. Uh, I. <laughs> What do you think about the dude who, when, you, when we talk about this type of stuff, when we talk about trying to fix our democracy, actually having a, 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 a debate of ideas, right. and then you have the dipshit who's like, voting doesn't matter. What do you say to that guy? Uh, fuck you. I don't give a shit. If you think voting doesn't matter, your words don't matter. I don't need to hear whatever you have to say. Your opinion on politics starts and stops when you think that voting doesn't matter. Don't care. I'd Whatever. ask what he's offering. Again, I think it's more about uh, ideas and philosophy. And it's like, what, what do you think that I would just try to have a conversation with him? Yeah, I just get so annoyed when you have people on Facebook who this guy comes into the comment because he took one, like, fucking political science 101 right. course and just tries to blow our fucking minds over. He watched one Ron Paul like, speech on YouTube. Yeah, it's all fucking bullshit. And it's just like, oh, cool. So you fixed nothing. Like, I, And it's like, I realize the system has its faults and is shitty. But that, like, to me, like... Something shitty doesn't mean you get to be shitty. You know, like, you don't get yeah. to be shitty because something's shitty. Like, you still have to have principles. And, like, if every fucking 18-year-old voted in this midterm elections, I bet you the next election cycle, they'd be talking a lot more about student loan debt and the student loan industry. You know, it's like they, they tailor their message to the people who are a part of the fucking process. I'll tell you the thing I'm tired of is when you have these – I just tweeted about this too. When you, you have all these like guys on the internet, guys and girls, who have just like stinky underwear, and they don't they – don't, <laughs> they, they, they come out there and be like, well, you could say what you want. 
and I may disagree with it, but I'll defend your right to say it. Uh, uh, oh, I'm so clever. Oh, I'm, real, I'm a real warrior of free speech. Uh. You guys are such fucking morons, and they don't even know who said that. It's a woman who said that, by the way. It, it, like, oh, they well, don't know, it doesn't matter then. Well, yeah, but they don't know who said it. They don't know where it comes from, and they think they're being so fucking novel. Like, oh, I just like they're in the fucking lab stewing up over their keyboards all fucking night, and they come up with this. Bing! Here's an idea. I'm gonna go to Twitter with it. You're not novel, dipshit. This is like centuries old. And by the way, you know who the first person to criticize people who criticize their the the rights to defend is the the military. When people burn flags. You know, we get this argument here. This like, oh, it's the left leads to censorship. It's like, motherfuckers, they're both leading to censorship. Yes. The left and the right. Because on the left, you get, like, the PC culture. You get, oh, don't say things that offend me. Don't say things that are too hurtful. Don't say things that, you know, that we that we uh, disagree with. And on the right, it's like, well, you can't fucking burn the flag. Don't you dare fucking kneel at an NFL game. Don't you yeah. dare insult our military. Don't insult our president. And by the way, let's also ban certain uh, certain religions we don't like from our country. Like, they both fucking lead to censorship. It drives me nuts. These idiots. You got, you got a real good fucking point. It's like it's it's it goes like to the budget, like where the 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 the, the right is like, oh, we, we you know we don't need to spend money on that. Oh, but we can spend money on the military. Or it's like it's like they both have their own pet projects. Yeah, and it's like you're both you're both talking out of yeah. both sides of your mouth. Yeah, conservative. I grew up it, in Utah, very conservative, and they're all about like, oh, let's l- reduce government, reduce regulation, except when it comes to marijuana, except when yeah. it comes yeah, to abortion. It comes to like it's just about the shit you care yeah, about. Yeah, that's all it is. Like it's not it's not an overall principle. It's just about yeah. very specific issues that you care. And about. And the left and the right both do it. We're Conservatives love freedom until someone does something they don't like. That's Amen. Bam. Uh, you know what? And I would extend that to both sides, to be honest. Yeah. 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 It, they, really, it really is. It's like, yeah. it's not a principle when it doesn't go over everything. It just goes over the, the very small, like, sliver of life. From what I can about. see uh, in today's uh, political climate, the left ultimately thinks people are motivated and driven by money and profit motive, and that's why they want to control the money with socialism. The right recognizes that people are motivated by ideas, and that's why they're encouraging people to go back to church. This is why they hate the media. This is why they're constantly whining and crying about uh, uh, about what people are saying on Twitter and why they want to regulate social media. I always, and I always view it as the left wants um, corporations and business to be responsible, and the right wants the individual to be responsible. Well, the individual should be responsible, but yeah, a corporation is just a collection of individuals that are seeking a profit motive well yeah. yeah okay so that's why that and that's why i kind of have this problem with like people who have a problem with government regulation but they don't have a problem with corporate regulation i'll tell you what i've seen i, I think that, that there's certain sectors of our economy that absolutely should be government they, they should they should be turned to the government like for example the credit agencies they're doing a terrible job Every few months they get hacked, and then they and then each one you have to contact like three different companies to get your credit uh, credit reports fixed. And there's no standard. That those are things that actually I think should be government functions. Also, kind of shitty. You know what I hate about that is, and until very recently, you had to, if you wanted to put a credit freeze on your file, you had to pay ten dollars. Until very recently, the law was passed where you no longer have to do that. Because I was and that was pissed me off because I'm like, so you're making money off my personal data, and I have absolutely no choice. Yeah, in this you matter. have no choice. No choice whatsoever. Whether I want a credit score or not. Yeah. I get you one. You get one. And and by the way, who decides like there's no way to regulate like who decides what their metrics are for for adjusting your credit? What if I pay my bills on time uh every other month and uh, is that going to affect my credit rating the same way? It's like, nope, just a bunch of arbitrary dudes sitting around like this is what we <laughs> we decided tough tough shit. It is kind of uh you know, it, it, they're starting to do uh so they don't have like credit scores in China. 
like as much, uh, but they're doing those social currency scores. Yeah, now. that's what I'm talking you about. Guys that's like, what we need to bring to America, dude. It's fucking coming whether we want it or not. Yeah, but dude, they people are getting like it, it is you. It is a credit score for imagine a credit score, but for your life. And like if you get caught, you know your dog shits on the park and you don't pick it up. And like they have this whole system where people are like reporting on one yeah. another. It's like that fucking Black Mirror episode, man. It's, it is it's like the fucking Black crazy. Episode. It is. It is the threat that your teachers gave you when you were a kid about your permanent record, but coming but, to life. And also, but it was. It does it in a weird way. It like uh, I was listening to a podcast about it, and they had a good point. They're like it almost criminalizes, not criminalizes, but it it it, it makes for a fake authenticity because it, everybody is kind of being happy all the time to yeah, try and yeah. and so it's like the the idea of sadness is like kind of bad like you can't be grumpy oh almost. you can't be oh he's too negative let's yeah. uh, let's and so it's yeah. so so we end up kind of tamping down that emotion which guess what is not healthy yeah yeah we we did a whole documentary about this it was called inside out i mean we know what that's about what's it with the, there's a documentary about this yeah it's by pixar it's excellent <laughs> Is this, I, I don't know. I don't get the joke. Inside Out, the animated movie. Never saw it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> Just sometimes. Good movie. You know, not everything is like Fortnite and a Halloween marathon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there are other movies out there. Yeah, Godzilla movies. Do you, do you have like movies. nieces or nephews? I Yes, I do. I have nieces and nephews, yeah. Do watch a movie with them. Well, they're all about my age, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch a movie with them. Look, I uh, lately, I'll tell you what I've been watching. A lot of kung fu. Hey, you know what? Kung Fu movies are fucking great. Yeah, Kung Fu movies are great. They're they're uh, and they're so. Uh, it's almost uh, it's, it's, they're super fun. It puts you in a meditative state when you listen to them too, because the Kung Fu. First of all, the Kung Fu movies are almost all ridiculous. Do they make you want to do push-ups? Yes, dude. Every time I watch right? a kung fu movie, I'm, yeah. I start busting out push-ups. That's you a know, great way to relieve anger and stress. Just do a bunch of push-ups until you're not angry anymore, and then you get more ripped. In well, I got another great way to relieve pressure and stress. You vape, <laughs> guys. Today's episode is brought to you by eLiquid.com. <laughs> For twenty percent off your first purchase, visit eliquid.com/madcast and use the promo code Madcast during checkout. Guys, eLiquid has over forty-four thousand items in stock delivered right to your door now last time we had uh, I, I believe it was blair white on when we had uh-huh. e-liquid and we talked about how that sounds like a lot of items but it's not it's just the right amount <laughs> <laughs> uh, i actually checked out the website i really like their tracker on this website this is really cool where you can turn on notifications in your browser and it will tell you every step of the way when your pro- when your package is about it's like to the out. domino's pizza tracker it's like the domino's pizza tracker but for yeah, vapes but for vapes and vape accessories carlos is packing your vape right now yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, Ron. So, so we talk about this uh, from time to time on the podcast. You're a do-it-yourself kind of guy, right? I mean, yeah, that's who I am at my core. So it's so cool because this website has so many different kits and accessories that you can essentially like make whatever you want. I just found this out too. Can I build a tiny house but made out of vape? The chimney <laughs> would just be one giant vape. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing! Why hasn't oh anyone? Oh my god, made a- vape house! They need to make a gingerbread vape. <laughs> like a gingerbread, like a gingerbread vape house, right? That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be awesome? And the chimney is like where you kind of blow in, and the, you know the, the uh-huh. vape comes out. You like the... blow through a giant candy cane. Yeah, and it goes out the chimney. Oh, that'd be so cool. And it's all gumdrop flavored. You can, yeah, which I'm sure put... is one of the flavors. Of course, just in got... time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas and and the uh, the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving. Oh man, I wonder if they have a turkey flavored. Uh, I mean, vape oil. Forty four thousand items. I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of. Uh... Something along those. So there's got to be some savory vape flavors. I there's got to be right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's I'd be some, into it. Yeah, I mean, oh, do they have like a gravy? <laughs> you know, check it out, bone broth vape. <laughs> bone broth. 
<laughs> you know what? You can make your own vape flavors. I just found out that they have these uh, these vape conferences where people go and they kind of. Um, it's it's an industry thing, right? Where people meet together and they talk about their different uh, for the different flavors and different. Uh, what is I want? You know how you have sommeliers for wine tasting? Yeah. Like I wonder if there's like a vape AA or like is there like someone who's like oh, I'm detecting a little bit of a cinnamon. There is. We is had that, is we, that ginger? We we had this guy on our podcast a long time ago. Hints Blake. of chocolate. Blake uh, Blake vapes. You know Blake. Vapes? Oh, he's great. oh, dude, I love yeah. Blake vapes. Oh, you know Blake vapes. Oh, I know Blake. Yeah, he's yeah. great. He's a great dude. He was on this podcast, and we had to we tried to do the debate of uh, whether or not iPhones are garbage. And his attitude was like so. I, I was coming down really hard on the iPhone, and his attitude was so positive. He was like, "Yeah, but they're cool, man." Was he the Blake vape like guy, yeah. like the character, like the whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was oh great. My God. It was yeah. a classic episode. Yeah, it was a cl- it was a classic episode. Anyway, guys, free free shipping, no minimum order for that free shipping too, which is fantastic. A lot of places, you know, they they try to do the free shipping, but you oh, you got to buy a hundred dollars. Not at either. That, that always pisses me off when you drop like hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, and then and everything always prices out to like one forty eight. Yeah. yeah, I fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah. And then you gotta like buy some bullshit you don't need because it's actually cheaper to do it with the free. The fucking hate yeah, that. and the, and it's always like priced so that like some the cheapest item is still like ten bucks. Yep. Uh, not at eliquid.com, guys. Madcast listeners get twenty percent off your first purchase. Visit eliquid.com slash madcast and use the promo code madcast during checkout. We really appreciate it, guys. Let us know what you think. Send us pictures of your stuff too. Send us pictures of your big fat vapes. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I want to see your big fat vape. <laughs> your big fat uh, vape clouds. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, anyway, thanks again uh, to eLiquid.com, and thank you all for supporting us. Well, anyway, guys, we should have a wrap-up of our debate. Kirk, any final words on our political system? Look, I want to be clear. So my ideas should not be imposed by the government, first off. And secondly, not everyone needs to be a scientist. Not everyone needs to pick up Atlas Shrugged or Adam Smith. But the the ideas of the enlightenment, uh, of taking care of yourself, individualism, reason, thinking for yourself, those need to be prevalent in the culture. And the more those are prevalent, the more freedom we're going to get, the more people are going to mind their own damn business. But we shouldn't force people to learn those enlightenment values. No, we should not force them. We should encourage it. Well, uh, but how do you how do you encourage them to do that? Just got- Are we doing a wrap up of the debate? Going back into the <laughs> okay, debate. all right, fair enough, fair enough. That's your final. What do you got, Ron? Uh, I would say uh, ranked choice voting is uh, a, a design fix uh, that I think could fix the that could help fix our election process. Ranked choice voting. Yes. Okay, that's not that's not bad. not just choosing the one winner, but you're choosing the second winner, the third winner. Right. It encourages politicians to campaign not just for a vote, but for all the votes. And I think it would have uh, it would stop pushing people to the extremes. I think that uh, okay, that's that's good. And my my suggestion is no more labels. When I register to vote, my party is unaffiliated, and I usually vote independent. But even then, I don't even want to identify with independent because occasionally independents get like kind of a shithead candidate, like a green, you know, like a, some weird green party dude or something Charles like that. Stein, yeah, Harry Johnson. When you when you are unidentified, I really have. I feel like I have no horse in this race. I'm not identify. I don't identify with the with the left. I don't identify with the right. And I know it's like centrist has become this like dirty word on the internet now. That when I take tests, that's where it put, that it pegs me, right? Yeah, but. Uh, and that's not because I don't have strong opinions on things. It's because when you when you evaluate on a political spectrum, 
you know, you assign a point value to certain beliefs. Like, for example, I am very, uh, you know, uh, pro-choice and, and in, in favor of uh, uh, Planned Parenthood and, and organizations like that. But I'm also not a gun absol- uh, abolitionist. So those kind of cancel each other out. It's a very liberal value and a very conservative value. But on a political spectrum, they kind of it's a wash. And that's why that's where like centrism comes from on a political scale. But it doesn't mean you don't have strong opinions. But when you actually start thinking about the values that the politicians are promoting, that's when it lets you break free from the sports team mentality that we have. Anyway, that's my suggestion. Don't forget to vote, guys. Madcastmedia.com. That's also the voicemail number is on the bottom of every single page. If you click on the best debate, click on the voicemail number. You'll be able to leave us a voicemail. But we should get to the Ron Babcock tip. Ron, what do you got for us this week? All right. Last week, we talked about tracking spending, you know, and how important it was to know what money you have coming in what money you have going out because it knows that if you measure something, you care about it. Now I want to read to you just a quote that I uh, was reading an article that I thought was interesting uh, out of the Washington post in 2016. It says that about 46% of Americans said they did not have enough money to cover a $400 emergency expense. So if you had a, let's say your fucking brakes went out, you needed 400 bucks. Can you handle that? So my tip this month is you have to develop uh, an emergency savings. I know a lot of times it's tight for people right now. And I would recommend, uh, this is where the big tip is, is don't put your money in Chase. Don't put your money in Wells Fargo. Why? Because you get a like 0.0 annual percentage yield at APY. You want to put someplace where your money can work for you. So where can you do that? You can do that on an online bank. Because they don't have brick and mortar, they have the capability of offering a much more attractive APY. So I, for instance, have... There's a lot of them. There's Ally Bank. There's Radius. I have one at the Alliance uh, Credit Union, which is an online-only credit union. They do a 1.85 annual percentage yield. Now, the nice thing about that is it's a great place to store like a lot of money or just to, to keep your emergency savings. Wait, wait. So so explain to me. what. So an online bank, they don't have any brick and mortar stores. Right. And so are they able to then have less overhead, which they can then put towards yeah. interest? Basically oh, like I that. See. So like you get sent a debit card. I actually just have a savings account. And so I every pay period... I transfer a little bit of money from my paycheck that goes into my Chase Bank, you know, which I I just had that connected with my debit card, right? And I transfer that to my Alliant Federal Credit Union, right? And it, that's what you do with every single paycheck you get. You should be transferring a tiny amount. I don't care if you make barely any money and you could only transfer ten dollars, yes, or five dollars, yes. But you should make that a habit. You should start getting into the habit of like paying yourself money, even if it's only five bucks, ten bucks. Yeah. And if you make if you make more money, great. Have it be fifty bucks, a hundred dollars. So that over time you have an emergency savings account because guess what shit's gonna go wrong yep. sooner or later something in your life is gonna happen right. that's gonna be fucking unfair and you're either gonna be the type of person who can fucking handle it or you're gonna be the person who all of a sudden is bitching about it and doesn't know what to do and needs to go to your friends and for me like the definition of being like an adult of being a man of being responsible is being able to handle your own shit yes yeah. that's why you need an emergency savings and it you can start off small, but you keep doing that every single pay period, it'll grow. And the reason why you keep it in an online bank is because your money can work harder than you. We're going to talk about this more in next week's tip. Oh, great. I love this. This is a three or you say five part series. Five part series. Great. So well, what do you think about Robinhood and like these new brokerage apps? That I, think, you- I think they're really, I think they're interesting uh and i know the stock market's risky but i i, I got a robin hood, robin I hood app a few Kirk, i wouldn't ago. say risky i would say volatile <laughs> yes. but i would not say risky 
and you're going to have to tune into next week's tip. Oh, interesting. I We're can't wait to hear all about the stock market. But the thing I, I like about Robinhood is it takes a few days to clear on both ends. If you send money to it, it takes a couple days to process and it takes a couple days to process out if you sell a stock, even at a profit. But that prevents you from spending the money because if you're at a store and you have an impulse buy, that's not money you have readily yeah. available. And I think I think when I, and for, I'm not a certified uh, you know financial planner. I'm Me just either. A, I'm just a guy who loves fucking reading about this stuff. But I, I would say uh, when it comes to anything you do in the stock market, I am very much a very long-term yes. investment planner. I am a passive uh, income earner off, off investing in the stock market. And if you if you were looking to get this money back in like five or 10 years, then any tip I give you is not going to work for you. I am talking in the 20-year range. Okay. Because that's, that's when compound interest can really kick in and you can really set yourself up. But for now, I want you to look at setting up an emergency savings account. And every pay period, a little bit of money goes into that account. I would recommend putting it into an online bank because you can get a, an annual, a higher annual percentage yield. Well, why why an online bank as opposed to say like a CD, uh, like a CD account? Because aren't those higher yield, higher interest? You can. Rate? I mean, I, I I like for an emergency saving. I think the best thing is that if when you're in an emergency, you want to be able to access oh, that money not. right then and I there. Okay. And where there's CD, there's going to be more limitations. Yeah. So it's cash, you know. Huh. But I would say it's nice. The reason why I don't say just have a savings account at your own bank is because you want to have a little bit of a barrier between you and your money. Right. You know, so that you can't just easily get to it. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, you can get to it if you need it. It's just yeah. a couple of clicks, but it's going to be one more entry. I really like the way you think, Ron. That, that totally makes sense. And, and let's say you're saving up for a house. Let's yeah. say you have like a hundred grand sitting in your Chase Bank and you're just waiting to pull the trigger on a house, but it's not the right time to buy a house. So every year, your, your hundred thousand is losing money because of inflation. Yeah. You know, so like you're like $10 today isn't $10 from 1990. It buys less. So when you have it in an online bank that can do a 1.85 or a 2% APY, that serves as an inflation hedge. That's right. That so that that hundred thousand that's going to make gonna you stay, a lot yeah. more money than if you had it in Chase, where that hundred thousand to make you like twenty bucks. If you have it in an online bank, that hundred thousand is going to make you two thousand. And they're all FDIC insured, so anything oh. under two fifty is insured by the federal government. That's pretty good. What are you going to say, Kirk? No, it's just so frustrating that there's no safe bet with your money because even if you put it under a mattress, it's like yeah, inflation yeah. might devalue. That's, inflation will eat at it. Yeah, and that's a lot of people are afraid of the stock market, and it's because they don't understand it. But yeah. at the end of the day uh the stock market is probably the best way of accum- accumulating wealth yeah i want so i have a i have a tip that i'm not going to say until after your five-part series to see if you bring it up because you might you might and i think you probably will eventually but these are great i love these ron uh, this is part two of your five-part series if you have any questions uh, again i'm not a financial analyst so like do your own research obviously yes i'm just a guy you're hearing on a podcast right. But do your own research, look into it, and if you have any questions, you feel free to tweet at me at Ron Babcock on Instagram at Hey Ron, or um, yeah, that's fucking it. Yeah, Absolutely. or hit me on my website, HeyRon.com. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Ron. Great tips. We should get to a summary of last week's debate, guys. Last week, Kirk, we debated whether or not social media is making us depressed. What do you think? Uh, yes and no. I would say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It actually kind of boiled down into two two arguments. If you're basically. letting if you're letting other people's lives depress you, then there's probably something wrong with you that you need to fix. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, okay, that's an interesting. I want to I want to see what you think of this uh, this point I bring up in just a minute. But I, I want to say the results from last week's debate. We asked the audience whether or not social media is making us depressed, and with 
78% of the vote. That's high. Yes. Correct. That is the correct response. It is making us depressed. But should, but should, should it? it, it yeah. yeah, that's what okay. it got down. That's to. what Dreadmere was arguing last week. Was which is uh, it was Dreadmere and uh, Camilla. Yeah, and uh, they argued that that it is, but it shouldn't. Okay, and that's kind of sounds like but what it's you're very much too. from what you're where you're coming from. Which yes. is like yeah, you were responsible for how like you shouldn't let other people determine how you feel is Absolutely. what they were saying that, and because Dreadmere is very much a personal individual responsibility. Yeah. You know. I mean, you know, his head is the fountainhead, you know? Well, yeah, and a lot of people do go to social media to seek a false sense of self-esteem by, like, virtue signaling or posting a picture. Hey, I'm on vacation. You get a bunch of likes and all that stuff. Validation, but- stuff like that. But let me ask you this. So here's here's the crux of my argument I was making. Social media has done experiments on their user base where they will intentionally try to manipulate your news feed to see if they can change your I think I remember mood. this point, yeah. Yeah. So... So it, when they when they try to when they when they do that they could potentially manipulate somebody who is suicidal and it could be the thing the the catalyst that pushes them just over the line. It is it is clearly making us depressed, but that's that seems like something where it's outside your realm of control. If you're on the social media app and you have a certain expectation, you trust that it's not going to say intentionally make you depressed. Isn't it then like a violation of your trust? Isn't it then a violation of the the basic contract you signed with this company that they are intentionally manipulating you psychologically um i mean is that in the terms of service that they might manipulate i mean are they i mean i don't really know enough about this subject but my opinion if social media is making you depressed either fix yourself or get off social media uh, it's not good to be depressed yeah okay i know that's easier said than done yeah. but are you are you a, are you a depression is a choice kind of guy not yes and no. I, I think people can get out of depression by focusing on themselves, but yeah, it can be really hard and really difficult. And I just laughed at a really great comment. Yeah, I saw let's, let's hear the comment. Jack the Stripper said, I'm going to sue Ron. I mortgaged my house and put all that money in those dryer balls, and I never recuperated that investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ron, uh, four or five episodes back, has his Babcock tip was these dryer balls, or these wool dryer ball, balls, which by, by the way, Ron, I bought. And I have a I have a I have a review. Get on your shit. I did. I bought. Okay, so you're supposed to buy these wool dryer balls, and then you buy some essential oils and, and you drop instead of using like dryer sheets or fabric softener. I remember yeah. this tip. I, yeah, I found it very fascinating. So, have you tried it? No. Okay, I did try it, Ron, and I have a review, and it's mixed. Oh no! Yeah, it's a mixed review. It's a mixed review. So I did that a few, for the first time, and I thought. Uh, I smelled my laundry and it didn't smell like the oil or anything like that. It just smelled like I, you know. I've actually never used the essential oils. Oh, what do you use? I don't use anything. You just throw it in there. I don't like. I don't like my clothes smelling like shit. I just. I like my clothes coming out clean. I. I don't like my clothes smelling like shit. So I. <laughs> that's why I throw the dryer balls. And so uh, you know the the fabric softer whatever. And so, <laughs> so I tried it. I, I tried it with the wool and like you know the drops of things and it's very faint. And I thought maybe I didn't use enough. Maybe I, so I'm still experimenting with it okay so how many drops did you put on one per ball like you said okay that's a good okay so then you're gonna ratchet it up yeah i'm gonna ratchet it up but did you find out did your clothes have uh did they have static cling did they have any of that shit no and i never noticed that anyway but it it, it seemed fine everything else seemed fine and i still have them in the dryer so i i you know i can't i continually all right you keep using them and get back to me yeah 
Maybe right. maybe the oil I have is not very strong. I got to just bit do more two drops per ball. Go yeah. crazy. I'm gonna Live go, your life. I'm going to go nuts with those with that oil. I'm going to have real oily balls. I, I do want to say so the depression. So yeah, there are like instances where like you know you might get fired or like your your significant other might like die in a car crash. Yeah, th- those are outside factors that make you depressed. But ultimately, it is up to you to overcome it and find meaning in life. Well, okay, sure, but but it is not your fault that you're depressed. If someone, you know, if if you get fired or just fall on hard times uh, due to circumstances outside of your control, yeah, I, I think several. I think we we sometimes I just want to clarify that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to look at depression as something that I think a lot of people who may say view depression as a choice, like maybe have never dealt with it. As they don't know what it's like right. to be in it. But I also think that they're right in the fact that if you want to stop being depressed, you do have to make like positive choices. But it's just a very, it, it, I've never been depressed like that. And it's, it, I don't, I don't know what it's like. So it's difficult to like speak on it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it's like. And I'll tell you why depression is so hard to kick and so many people deal with it. When you feel depressed or anxious or overwhelmed, you are not able to focus on your work and you're not able to accomplish the things that you want to do, like going out and being social, finding a date, uh, you know, go, getting a new job or doing the things you want to do to make your life better. And when you're not able to accomplish the things you want to do, it makes you more depressed. Yes. And, and then it becomes this, this the cycle. Thing that's, the thing is, like, I feel like in our society and I feel like it's getting better is that we need to stop not criminalizing depression i don't know what the right word is but demonizing like, yeah demonizing where like it's something that happens to you sometimes and that's okay yeah you know and it will pass right but i feel like sometimes it is demonized and that doesn't solve anything you know it's like because i think it's an easy thing to do but i don't think it's it's very productive i agree well, that's we should... not the Babcock tip. The Babcock tip is an <laughs> online savings account. That is not the Babcock tip. But we have we put another vote to the test last week. Last week we asked the audience, Kirk. I suggested a new nickname for Ron. I said, should Ron Babcock permanently change his name to Ron Squatcock? <laughs> we got the results in, and with sixty eight percent of the vote, yes. Oh. Oh, Fuck. Congratulations. Sorry. Apologies to your girlfriend. You are now Ron Squatcock. Oh, man. Honestly, it's just as bad as Babcock. Sounds like you know, it's I would say it's I would say it's a little bit better. I yeah. think because because it, it makes it sound like you squat Squatcock, or you have a squatty. Co- <laughs> I got a squatty cock. What does that even fucking mean? Uh, you know, like a squat, uh, like a stocky, like a stocky cock. Stocky cock. Ooh, oh, stocky. God, yeah. just stop. All right. <laughs> should stop. Guys, I got some uh, some voicemail, and then we'll get some quick news headlines. We got a bunch of voicemail. They, like I said earlier, they lit up Dreadmere. Here's one. Uh, this, this is a caller called in because she got inspired based on Dreadmere's advice. Uh, yeah, Dreadmere had some advice last week. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox. Listening to Dreadmere on the last episode has taught me that if I want to feel better about myself, instead of feeling sorry for myself because I can't measure up to other people, I should take steps to become more like them. I'm 12 years old and my role model is Kim Kardashian. So as of November 17th, you will be talking to the youngest person in the state of Texas to receive breast implants, a butt lift, and a tummy tuck. Thanks, Dreadmere. Yeah, great, great advice there, Dreadmere. <laughs> hey, it's working out for Kim Kardashian. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. But I mean, the point—the point being that you can't always uh, try to emulate the people you look up to on social media. Like he—he was—I think he was arguing. Uh, he was arguing like, hey, if you want to be like them, like if you look up to them, then be like. It was just kind of like you know what I'm—you know what I'm fucking tired of is lifestyle bloggers posting videos of themselves making smoothies every fucking, fucking yeah yeah every morning every morning's like and guess what. 
We all know how to make a fucking smoothie. Yeah. And we all know how fucking healthy it is, and we don't need to see you fucking drinking Got it. it. Seeds and fruit. Yeah. Oh, celery. Was it Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner said like tweeted like, oh, I just ate cereal with milk for the first time in my life. Oh, what, what have I been missing? And someone said, you're lying. Here's a, an Instagram photo from 2013. Of, ah. It was a picture of cereal and milk. Oh, busted, bitch. All right. <laughs> we got another voicemail here. Uh, again, this one's uh, shitting on Dread, Dreadmere because uh, Dreadmere uh, talked about drugs last episode. Listen to this. Yo, wait a second, dude. Dreadmere just like say that... Drugs are a good way to get past problems in your life. Are we not going to address that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I think Dreadmere was being tongue in cheek when he said that. Yeah, right? yeah, I think he was. Dreadmere doesn't seem like a drug dude. I don't think he is. No, you're I not. Mean, you're you're sober too, right, Kirk? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean by sober? I mean, I drink occasionally. I smoke occasionally. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, I would say I'm not bit. sober. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. I'd say sober would mean sober. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, my sober right now, yes. Oh, okay. Nothing in those uh, Diet Coke cans. Nope. Uh, we got another voicemail that's criticism of, I believe it's uh, me, but listen to this. Oh, Matta. <laughs> Your podcast made me depressed. Because <laughs> you want Facebook, a private company be ethical Ugh. i'm triggered maddox Ugh. your podcast is a false bill of sale Ugh. you had a cool <laughs> podcast but now you want government regulation which isn't what i purchased from sony Ugh. you police state fascist fuck with <laughs> shitty arguments <laughs> fuck facebook Dipshit, you did, moron! Did you add the music or did he add the music? I added the music. I like how he's doing an impression yeah. of you doing an impression of fans yeah. you don't like. <laughs> impression of I was doing an impression of him doing an impression of me. <laughs> an idiot! And by the way, it didn't sound. No, it doesn't sound exactly like Maddox. Someone in the chat room said DJBX says it sounds exactly like Maddox. It sounds nothing <laughs> like me. Sounded nothing like me. But that guy was like, "Oh Maddox, <laughs> like what's wrong with the argument that you should ex- you should." If you sign up for something, you should get that thing that you sign up for that you expected. That's your that? expectation. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you it's, if Facebook sold us a false bill of goods with this promise of you know connectivity and uh, the social media stuff, and we gave them our data for it, and then they are doing a bait and switch, and that's what pisses people off. And I said that Sony did the same thing too, and that's why Sony got hacked not too long ago because Sony took away features from their firmware that people bought and paid for. That's bullshit. Come on. It's like buying shoelaces that are black and then Amazon remotely being able to change its colors. Well, now they're white. Well, that's <laughs> kind of cool, though. I mean, just to have that shoelace technology, it's insane. LA Lights 2.0. I yeah. would love it if I could control it through an app, but I don't want them to do it remotely. I mean, that's what they're kind of doing, though, with uh, with ebooks, too. They, they, um, didn't they change? There Wasn't there a big scandal a while back where they changed like a, a Tom Sawyer book or something? Oh, uh, sure. Or a Huckle- it was like Huckleberry Finn. They took out the N-word from this manuscript that was like Ruined sold. it. <laughs> yeah, I prefer my Tom Sawyer with a lot more N words. They sold it back to you in bonuses. Ah. <laughs> you want to see those words? You got to pay extra. Uh, anyway, here's another voicemail. We got one. Oh, okay, yeah. Every now and then we get these, these corrections because if I, thank God forbid I misspeak ever or any of us misspeak. Listen to this. I don't even know what he was referring to, but listen to this. Singer, you fucking dolt, not singer. Singer. Singer, not singer. I don't know how to pronounce words like singer. Mm. Aunt, 
What is he talking about? I don't know. Yeah, you idiot. I meant one of those. You know what? Was it singer? Yeah. What did I say wrong? I think obviously singer. Singer, apparently. But what's wrong with the way I say singer? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand the, the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm saying singer. Yeah. So what's wrong with the way I'm saying it? Uh, I mean, probably the way, I don't know, but there is a, we understand when, when Taylor used to say bag, but he would say big, he'd say big, and then we would shit on him for like a good half hour. Yeah, but that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was, in, <laughs> I just saw Taylor I put it in night. my big. <laughs> it's not just big. He says other things that like anything that's like AG ends in AG, like any three letter words. Did you guys uh, go like, out for bagels? We, we got some big bagels. We played some TIG afterwards. <laughs> Anyway, we should. We got one more voicemail here. This is a. Oh, this is from uh, the real Christian atheist, I believe. It says here, it's what's the best thing about the internet? <laughs> he just had an observation. Listen to this. Hey, Lord Maddox, it's me. I'm sure, as you realize, you know, reading the reviews is some of the best parts of the internet. And one of those things is like, if you ever read the reviews for like sex toys, speaking about dildos, <laughs> there was one that I read for a horse dildo. And it was one of the creepiest things I've seen. <laughs> I was like, just so simple and succinct. The review was, feels like the real thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> great, uh, great review. Um, of a horse dildo. Of a horse dildo, So yeah. meaning that they must know what the real thing feels like. Yeah, super gross. Um, Wait, a horse, is this like a dildo that's the size of a horse cock or a dildo for horses? I'm wondering or a that dildo too. in the shape of a horse. Because if it's a dildo... <laughs> that's a good one too, yeah. Uh, My uh, Little Pony. But if it's a dildo for a horse, that means a horse wrote that review. And we, how can it tippy tap with those hooves? Yeah, a fucking a lot of typos in that review. Big keyboard. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, steps on it. <laughs> now it's time for some quick news headlines. We've got some headlines from around the web. A fisherman's rescue of an entangled whale was caught on camera. Why? What's you the just point? A fucking hate when animals have any help whatsoever. <laughs> what do you What do you feel like when somebody's drowning and dolphins come and save them? Fine. It's like, okay, wow. Oh, show-offs. At least they, they did something. At least they earned their keep Who that the day. Who the fuck are they showing off to? Dol- other dolphins. concept of fucking uh, social media? Dolphins are very sexual creatures. So you don't think that the alpha dolphins are out there saving humans to show off for their fucking, uh, the chick dolphins back home? All right. Is this yeah. why you hate big oil? Because they saved the whales in the 19th century? Did they? How did they save a whale? Well, because before uh, kerosene lighting, uh, whales whale were blubber. hunted for, for oh, blubber for lighting, yeah, and then yeah. Rockefeller just killed that industry. Yeah, yeah kerosened it up, and everybody well, they made it made uh, everything uh, light way cheaper. So I'm big actually, oil saved whales. I'm actually in favor of that, not because they're saving whales, but because it makes it makes it so that humans don't have to get close to those repugnant animals anymore. <laughs> <laughs> A commercial fisherman is being hailed a hero after he jumped into the water off central California coast to free a humpback whale entangled in a rope. A fucking whale is I thought they were smart. Rope. Yeah, it's a rope. It's a, how, what, what is Maybe you're trying to hang itself. Yeah, what was a giant noose in the ocean? The fucking <laughs> rope got caught in the... Uh, how does a whale get stuck with a rope? Maybe the whale was depressed. It was, it was on social media too much. It was, <laughs> it was not even like a net. It just had a rope. A rescue that was captured on video in September. When the whales become entangled in fishing lines and equipment from other maritime activities, fishermen oftentimes are able to help. In this case, one fisherman literally risked his life to free the whale. Ugh. Sam Sinstaline, 
leaped onto the massive humpback whale that had rope wrapped around its back tail. So it sounds like it might be a fishing line that the the rope was... uh, The whale was just swimming in counterclockwise circles. That's fine. Dogs do that shit all the time. You tie a dog to a pole out in your backyard, it's just going to run around in circles. It's all day. It's happy. Happy as could be. <laughs> right? That, like, I'm not a dog owner. That's what you do, right? Yeah, no, no, that doesn't happen with our dog, but go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, I would want my dog to exercise, so I'd tie it to a pole. Uh, <laughs> 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 Is that right? Is that what dog owners do? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the whale was just swimming around counterclockwise, and I'm gonna, just going to add this, happy as can be, said Nicholas Terran, who shot the video of the rescue. You could tell he was stressed and being held to the bottom. How could you tell he's stressed? What, are you an expert on whale emotions now? Oh, the whale looks sad. Ooh. Whale psychologist. Yeah. Ooh. The apparent happy ending. Oh, they gave his whale a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Could have turned out much worse for the fishing crew. Yeah, no shit. Death is always an option. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Pacific Fisheries, we've had people die trying to get in the water, and just last year we lost one of our responders, spokesman Justin Wiesbeck said. Oh, whatever. That's the problem with telling a whale is suppressed is you can never tell when they're crying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's too sal- and their tears are very salty. That's yeah. a, I bet that's all oceans are. It's whale tears. Whale tears. It's just blubbering whales. Yeah, but as time. a fishing crew, you think they'd be like, guys, check out the fish that we just caught. Like they just caught a huge fucking yeah, whale. Yeah, big ass fucking the whale. Kind of fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, they just saved their competition because that whale is going to eat all the fish that they want to catch. No. The, the, they increase their competition. Is that what you're saying, right? No, no, no. The whale is going to eat the fish that the fishing crew is also trying to catch. Yeah, which is a bad thing. Yeah. 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 So that guy, like, you know, it's like, great job. Yeah, great job, idiot. Now we're going home hungry. Yeah. yeah. You know who's going to be crying? We need sushi. Yeah, your, your, your wife's going to be crying. They'll battle axe at the fucking fish cottage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just imagine, like, you know, real salty, salt of the earth type of dude lives in a little cottage, you know, goes home, is... All right. Well, I got another story. <laughs> a woman wore a giant dog's head costume during a Houston convenience store robbery. This is from uh, Smoking Gun. A Texas woman wearing an oversized dog's head costume yesterday robbed a Houston convenience store before leading cops on a vehicle chase that ended with her arrest, police report. According to investigators, this is kind of a sad story. Colleen Dickens, a 30-year-old mother of two, robbed a striped store of cigarettes and $10 in cash. <laughs> Thursday morning. Then she fled the scene in an auto, but was quickly apprehended by police officers. I guess that's the person that Mike Rowe doesn't want voting. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, $10. You just... Just now, romped and cigarettes. Was that all the, the register had? Or she, did she just specifically need $10? Was she like on a scavenger I mean, hunt or some it, shit? It, it is just like... It's not like you're stealing br- like bread and diapers. Yeah. You know, cigarettes and petty cash. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, for just let her, just let her. And she's wearing a dog's costume, a dog hat. I, I saw this mask too. This like, dog. how big is it? How big it's, are we talking? It's big. It's 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 like a felt dog. It's not like a latex. It's so like I felt. mean, would she have to take it off to get inside her car so she could drive? Is oh it yeah, that big. It's big. Yeah, it's, it's so it's like unwieldy big. It's so unwieldy. it's also like a poor choice. Yeah, you know, you know, um, what's that dog that they tried to introduce in Simpsons like as a joke? Uh, Poochie. Poochie. Yeah, Poochie the dog. It was kind of like a Poochie the dog head. That she was wearing, like a puppet. After a short chase, Dickens emerged from her car wearing a large dog's head. Oh, she didn't even take it off. Police seized the furry costume part as evidence. When when it was taken off, did she say something like, "And I would have gotten away with it"? With the <laughs> <damn kids." laughs> Uh, one last story here. Area 52 possibly uncovered. A mysterious aircraft at a secret U.S. base intentionally was blurred by Google. 
Now, this is kind of interesting because I've been to Area 51. Did I tell you? I don't think I've ever I, talked I've about that. I've never heard this, no. Yeah, I, I, I'll talk about it in detail some other day because we're running low on time. But I have driven out to Groom Lake Road and Area 51 and into the annexed, annexed territory out there. It's pretty interesting. I'll tell that story sometime. A uh, long time ago, yeah, I'm though. I'm sure it's super interesting. Cut to Maddox. And then I was in the desert. <laughs> and then they asked me to leave, so I did. No, I saw the black I saw a black helicopter. Ooh. For real. Like the black helicopters that conspiracy theorists always talk about, those are fucking real. They have green lights under them. Uh, speculation has erupted over a mysterious aircraft spotted at the top secret U.S. military base amid claims that Google Maps has refused to update its satellite imagery of the area for more than eight years. Hmm. So this is kind of interesting. A lot of people who are what are they topographers who kind of like look at uh, look at maps. No, no, it's just a large dick pic, and they're you know <laughs> censoring. Google's just censoring it. <laughs> cartographers, maybe, maybe it's a, oh cartographers. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's the word. Um, maybe it's just a, a giant license plate number that they just marked <laughs> <laughs> out in the desert. <laughs> they, think that, they think there's a, a some sort of big thing there. They're not. I mean, I would just assume that the government doesn't allow Google to have this area of yeah. satellite image because it's protected like it's a government secret or whatever yeah military bases i'm, I'm sure they i mean it's a top secret military base this year the mysterious aircraft at a top secret u.s military base has been blurred on google maps sparking wide-ranging conspiracy theories the identified ob- excuse me the unidentified object was spotted at a base which has long been linked to secretive government tests and has even been nicknamed area 52 the base in southwestern Nevada has been at the center of the conspiracy theory after Google Maps refused to update its satellite images of the area for more than eight years between 2008 and 2016. Well, that's interesting. Maybe that means that it's updated now because they, they capped it at 2016. At this time, the online satellite imagery showed only several dry lake beds within the Tonopah test range, just 70 miles northwest of the notorious Area 51 facility. So it's an hour outside Area 51. By plane, you can probably get there in like, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Way but, less than that. Yeah. So it's just like... 70 miles? Yeah. So probably hopping a skip like, with, a, with a helicopter, you know, Yeah, it'd be there minutes. like 10 minutes. Yeah. It was... um, and, and even in a car, yeah, it's like an hour, just an hour. Yeah, depending on the kind of road that they have. So when Area 51, the, the height of the Area 51 craze happened when the movie Independence Day came out in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And I remember because I went there right after they filmed Independence Day, but right before it came out, and the crew of Independence Day had gone out to Area 51, and they went to the closest town to Area 51 is a place called Rachel, Nevada. So we were, you know, we would drive out there every day for an hour and a half or so. And at Rachel, Nevada, the, the population of this town, I think it was like 24 people. And there was like two or three uh, campers, uh, well, not campers, what are those, uh, mobiles. They oh, had mobiles. Dance, yeah. Yeah. There was one restaurant, one bar, and it was the same place, <laughs> restaurant, bar. And then they had an Independence Day. They made this like giant concrete uh, monument there that only people who've ever been to Rachel, Nevada see. And the gas prices, like back in the 90s there, was like something ridiculous, like $6 a gallon. Wow. Just absurd. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. We're we're riding real close to becoming turning into a conspiracy theorist podcast. Yeah, we're we're just on the edge. Well, so what happened after the after the whole blow up of Area Fifty One and, and Independence Day and everything? It was no longer secret. I mean, there's so many, it's in so many movies that the government it's rumored that they changed the base from Area Fifty One to someplace in White Sands, Utah, which is in the the hills. Like it's a hilly and deserty area in Utah that is very hard to get to uh, for for anyone who's driving or hiking or anything like that. You will die before you get to this base. So that, I think that's why they moved it over there. they get fucking trucks and stuff in, full of equipment and supplies? I think they just fly it in or they have a tunnel. Uh, they have assistance from aliens. Duh. Yeah, yeah duh. Oh. <laughs> I, know, I think that Area 51 shit is way less interesting than we think it is. Probably at this point. I think most stuff that 
people are fascinated by like in the end like yeah there's some parts of it that are definitely super interesting and wow that's crazy but i don't think it's as cool as we make it out to be in the movies they yeah probably not and they they may have tested like some interesting spy planes and and technology out there at some point but nothing like as exotic as yeah it's just a bunch of dumb science and who needs fucking reason Oh, man, there was that Richard Hoagland guy who uh, was an Area 51 scientist who defected, and he went on these, like, college tours and just got, went on and on about aliens and UFOs and shit. And I went to see him live at my at my uh, University of Utah because I thought he was an interesting dude. I wanted to hear what he had to say. He's like, holy shit, is actual scientist who worked at Area 51? Let's hear what he has to say. And as soon as he opened his mouth, I'm like, oh, my God, he's lost his mind. Uh, he's talking about, yeah, like... Because you know that dipshit you work with? It's like everybody works with the dipshit. Yeah. Like, what if that's the guy who's going out on tour giving talks? Like, he, you don't know where he ranked. He spent like 30 minutes talking about the face on Mars and talking about the ancient civilizations that we have evidence for that existed on Mars because of these pyramids and stuff. And then around that time, NASA released photos of the area he's the region he's talking about like the pyramids on mars from a different angle and it's just like some rock formations where the shadows being cast in a certain way it looks just kind of like kind of triangular not even a pyramid anyway we're getting off in the woods here kirk where can people find you uh twitter slash kirk wilcox youtube slash kirk wilcox kirk wilcox.com very cool check it out and carnegie times is carnegie times too carnegie carnegie times.com kirk's a very funny dude too like follow his instagram it's kirk wilcox on instagram i think it's kirkamania on kirkamania oh that's right yeah didn't get that uh didn't get that username down quick enough and Ron, where can people find you? People find me at Hey Ron on Instagram, Ron Babcock on Twitter, or just go to my website, HeyRon.com. Also, you can listen to my album for free on Spotify. That's this right. guy by Ron Babcock. Yeah, Ron does not mind. Ron, we're on. I don't think you would mind if your uh, album was in uh, libraries. Uh, absolutely not. No. That's why I always mention it for free yeah. on Spotify. Libraries are the Spotify's of books. Ask your mm-hmm. local library to get Ron Babcock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Squatcock, we changed his name. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> thank you again for coming on, Kirk Wilcock. Thank you, Maddox, for having me on. Deputy moderator, and thank you to the rear admiral of Tangents, Ron Babcock. I'm following Kirkamania right now. Amen to that. But most of all, it's about time. You're welcome. Hey, Maddox, uh, I'm starting a stroke. God damn it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just go with it and then try to do it again. Hey, Maddox, I'm starting a... Uh, <clears throat> hey, Maddox, I'm starting an Australian company called Butcher Cox. Fuck. He got like three times trying to get that Australian oh, accent. He finally, he, got it, he finally got it done. I was like, I was listening. I was like, Eh, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.